This is The Rest is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Balls. Hello once again, everyone, and welcome to The Rest is PR. My name is Lyle Fulton, and I am joined as ever by the wonderful, the brilliant, the fantastic Jackie Vores. Jackie, how are you this morning? We're recording in the morning again. We're recording once again in the morning. We didn't learn our lesson from last time. (laughs) Um, And still reeling in a brilliant way from the fabulous episode we did with Kelly last week. How brilliant machine. We've just been talking about getting some guests on yes. uh, in future episodes from both of the Mozo team, from you, the listeners, if you're keen to get on, and also from people we both know from the worlds of PR, of performance, of all sorts of other industries. Well, we were just saying, weren't we, before we went live on this recording, how brilliant it was to sort of have someone who you can kind of just wind up and well, let go. Completely and motivated by having Kelly on the podcast, I thought I would defer to another great friend of mine, a lady called Caroline Wheeler, who's the political editor of the Sunday Times. And she has said she'll come on the podcast too no at some way. stage. So I'm quite excited about that. I just dropped that on you. I hadn't told you before this, had I? I waited until we were recording live. That was very sneaky of you because I am very, very aware of who Caroline Wheeler is. Myself and my dad have been reading things put forward by Caroline for quite some time in the Sunday Times. That, I mean, she's you have legend. quite literally dropped that bombshell on me. Live I know, she's recording. an absolute living legend. And she's, um, she showed me an interview she did with the Ukrainian president. Is he a president or prime minister? I'm not sure. Zelensky. Zelensky, isn't it? Yeah, she Zelensky. did a, a live one-to-one video with a translator and everything else. It's really great to see. Oh my goodness. Well, Amazing. I mean, so listeners look forward to Caroline being on the podcast, being on an episode near you very, very soon. Can't believe you just dropped that in. <laughs> Unbelievable. We literally, listeners, full disclosure, we sort of have a little sort of 30 seconds to a minute, sometimes longer little catch up before we start recording. And these are the sorts of things that I kind of expect to be put in to a small debrief. Uh, and I suppose it, it actually leads us nicely onto in a weird sort of very, very vague Always looking for a segue. Always looking for a segue. This one's clutching its straws ever so slightly. <laughs> but uh, the sort of the wonderful world or just the world, depending on your outlook on it, of remote working. And this yeah. episode is going to be on PR and Teams. Now, Teams is its own software. Obviously, Microsoft Teams, Teams is a thing that exists. But we are currently recording our podcast, as we will do every week, until we're able to sort of get together, which we will do at some point. We're recording this podcast on Zoom, and there's obviously also Google Meets and things like that. And Teams and remote working has become obviously far more of a phenomenon, far more of a crucial thing, with the world having been what it has been for the last two and a half Mm. years, which seems crazy to say it's been going on for that long. And much as we're still coming out of the other side of that particular worldwide crisis... Remote working continues to be such a huge part of what businesses now do, Mm. and PR is no exception. So my first question, Jackie, is how did you adapt to the remote working landscape? Because it must have sort of come at you very quickly. It didn't. There you go. Now, the reason I told you about Caroline, when I told you, and how I told you, was just to illustrate how important communication is when you're working with a team so normally you'd expect me to go okay we'll go through our podcast debrief after and before our podcast and me telling you everything um and so you would be a little bit more prepared for my little bombshell but I wanted to do that just to illustrate the fact that we forget sometimes to tell each other 
really, really important things. So when you're remote working, it is so, so crucial to be over and above every single part of communication in your world. Now, what I mean by that is you kind of have to put yourself on a kind of like communication overdrive. I mean, when when you said to me, we had to be different, we had to adapt. I mean, we did and we didn't. So the, from the didn't perspective, we were so lucky that we we're a tech PR agency. And we're so lucky also that I run a global network of, of PR agencies. So a lot of our technology before the pandemic hit was already there, was already in the cloud in terms of databases, remote working collaborative communication tools like Slack, obviously Google Drive, Dropbox, all these kind of great things that you need from a technical standpoint. And all of my team have laptops. You have laptop. Everybody has a laptop. Everyone is signed in on all of these cloud-based products already. So when the pandemic hit us, we were very happily already set up with a very sophisticated remote working solution. And I think having spoken to clients and having spoken to peers, we were super, super lucky that that side of things was was totally in place. But we hadn't really rigorously tested it in the sense of everybody working at home for a year and a half. And there were things, there were things that fell through the cracks. But the thing, the thing that really stood out to me was that lack of water cooler chat and those sort of things that you you absorb naturally when you're in the office with a group of people that you wouldn't necessarily have when you're sitting at home working in your desk in your bedroom or in your kitchen or all these different places so there's so much I could talk to you about remote working that I discovered even despite having the technological platforms in place so it wasn't difficult for us to do because we were all set up for it was it difficult for us to expedite it to actually physically work as a remote team yeah we needed to have a think about all those things that could go wrong and did go wrong what's really interesting as well i mean i think you make an excellent point is that actually it's different for different industries and for different businesses isn't it when it comes to adapting to remote working like you rightly pointed out demozo being a tech PR agency and with some very technically proficient people as part of the team it's not an issue finding where the button is and finding where the camera is everyone's got the equipment they need and off you jolly well go but when it comes to adapting to the sort of social inhibitions it brings you're absolutely spot on it's really interesting that when I joined the team on a full-time basis this time just over a year ago I was very much joining a remote working environment. I very much sort of knew when I was at interview that a lot of it was work from home. We'll send you equipment over. But if you've got a laptop that works as well, it's all on the drive. It's all on this. And we'll be collaborating on documents together. We'll be meeting virtually via Zoom, via Google Meets. But then strangely, I joined. And I think not even two, three weeks later was the first time the team had met up in that year and a half. So I actually joined just before things were starting to get going again. And the sense of relief that I could sense around me that I wasn't necessarily fully appreciative of because I'd only really been a part of the team for three weeks. So I'd met you and met the rest of the team over Google Meets and in virtual meetings for only two and a half, three weeks. But this was the culmination of having remotely worked for a year and a half and the relief on everyone's faces that you could get in the room and be with people that's clearly 
a slight against remote working is the idea that actually it is often better to be collaborative in the moment. Is that something you found since has been nice to do on occasion when you've sort of had those days in the office? Well, we don't have days in the office anymore because we closed the office during pandemic. I mean, I love the way you say it in the office, but we yeah. actually got a restaurant, didn't we? We all sat around. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was chat. it. Yeah. That, that was another big thing was to actually close an office and but still make people feel that they belonged to a group that had a had its foundations and its roots. And so we did have to think really hard about making sure that we could still meet up when we were allowed. I mean, we, there was a whole practically a year when we weren't allowed to meet or go out or do anything. But when we could, we definitely took advantage of the ability to do so. But the interesting thing about the pandemic was you mentioned then I recruited you online. I didn't I didn't meet you physically. I had no idea how tall you were <laughs> or, you know, what your presence was or anything like that. And that's the weirdest thing is we've recruited a lot of people online. We don't know actually physically their physicality, what they look like, who they are. Mm. You know, you can see me on a on a Zoom screen, but you won't you'll have your picture of what I look like there's so many people who think I'm a really little petite thing because I shout <laughs> loud um, but I'm really not <laughs> so when I meet when I meet people and they haven't, they've only ever met me online they're like oh blimey you're a lot taller than I thought you <laughs> so it's really weird having that sort of lack of I know it sounds really weird to say intimacy but it is intimate no, working yeah. with people so so there's that and then there's the forgetting to tell people stuff which is so so critical working remotely I think the main thing is to make sure that when you're doing your to-do list it's a lot more of that kind of like on my to-do list I I now write and I never used to tell so-and-so something tell so-and-so this tell xyz that because I'm very sort of conscious of, of joining up the dots let me give you a really really banal example of that I was in the bath yesterday and uh, as usual I have my phone with me and my iPad and everything else and up on the phone came um, a LinkedIn message from one of my clients saying to me oh I really want to go to this conference but I can't get through to the organizers which is a pity because I know you're talking at the conference and I thought oh well I do actually know the organizer so I thought I'll just on LinkedIn just quickly tap it out and say hey Maria I can give John a call and see if you can get you know you can come to the conference she's like great so this is just instant messaging in the bath and then I'm suddenly when I'm sort of out of the bath doing my stuff sorry this is all very graphic isn't it I know you're really <laughs> about me in the bath um, but anyway there was that kind of like oh 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 I've got to tell the team that I put those two people in touch so it's it's that kind of like constant consciousness of making sure that you don't forget things or stop telling people stuff. So I think Absolutely, for me, yeah. that's the... And things don't slip through the net as well, because I suppose if you're kind of like you mentioned the sort of the phrase water cooler chat, mm. if you had that interaction in an office environment or, you know, over dinner like we did when we, we sort of sort of did our sort of still remote office at that restaurant, but it was kind of half office, half restaurant kind of vibe. Mm. You can do that and have that interaction. And then like, you can just do an aside to a member of the team. Don't let me forget that this yeah. is something that's happened. And friends of mine who work in other industries have often said, because they now have sort of office days that are prescribed and it's like a one Ooh. day a week in the office. But Grim, it's like that. kind of, yeah, I think so. But weirdly, it's kind of, I get two different perspectives on it because some people 
are very much of our opinion which is like mm. oh, we can definitely do this from home because we've proven we well, can it's do not it. just not i mean i do think it's great for people to go in but it's prescribed you know oh, you yeah. have to be in on this particular mm. day he's a bit grim i mean i'm just talking about it from you know the perspective of my other half who has to go in i mean now they've prescribed these days before then people were coming in two days a week um for him but now they've prescribed the days you have to get in fairly early to even get your hot desk you know it's kind of like this you is don't, if you don't get in there early you're shoved into the broom cupboard in the corner and and office hot. spaces have gone down haven't they really yes. to be honest if we're being brutally honest with ourselves office spaces have completely gone down and so as a result the hot desk environment and the sort of there for a while there was staggered start times of days which meant you had staggered end times of days so you weren't getting on the tube at the same time and all of this craziness but then I've got some friends who will maybe get a prescribed day or two a week and there's one friend I can think of in particular who says I take your two days and I raise you the full five <laughs> I, I want to go in every day I've, I've missed and, it and you, you know, know and some fair, people do you know, fair play to you I mean I'm still very pro remote working right now wow. for a number of reasons reason number one is that infrastructurally as you know we closed closed our office so we'd have to make the step of opening an office and absolutely going full throttle into that so that's that's one thing but also with cost of living going up and up and up and up the actual you know just getting to somewhere in in any place in anywhere across the country i mean i talk about london but it doesn't matter where you are in the in the country you know the costs of travel are huge and then you layer on a coffee or a lunch on top of that, and you're really spending so much money per day just to get to somewhere. And then your employer, or me, is spending so much money on that office facility and everything else. You've got to sort of weigh out the pros and cons. Is it is it worth it? Right now, I think we're doing pretty well. I think, but I am seeing um some of the people that that in our teams just desperate to spend more time together. Mm. It's a real decision. It's a real balancing job to sort of say, okay, guys, listen. And I have put budget aside for for people to have hot desks or go into the, you know, I, I don't want to mention the brand names of hot <laughs> desking space. Spaces. Just in case there's a mad rush for no, people because to I, go. <laughs> I've had one of I've been in one of those hot desking spaces and I detested and loathed <laughs> them for being such money leeches um, that I'd never go back into one of them. But I don't I I do actually like the hot desking and the community workspaces as a as a as an idea and an ideal. And there are some really good providers. This particular one that I'm thinking of was not a good provider. Ah, um, but good I call not mentioning it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been kind of nice, but everyone can guess it. No, I, you know, I'm happy to put budget into providing those kind of like those hot desky workspace facilities for people to work in. And that's something we're definitely looking at because I do think you can't, although we're doing really well remote working, I do think we can't really replace that physical collaborative vibe that you that you get when you're with with a team absolutely and it's such a fast we've discussed already it's such a fast moving industry anyway and we also work as prs for other fast moving industries you know what i mean mm. the clients who work in other industries that actually you've already mentioned the, the huge benefits that come with remote working insofar as you know you can do things over virtual meetings you can work on collaborative documents we can also, a benefit that, you know, we haven't mentioned yet is a lot of Demozo's clients, well, it's, that's, I say a lot, a decent proportion of Demozo's clients work 
abroad in other countries mm-hmm. you know and have bases in other countries and actually the advent of remote working and the advancements in technologies and remote working mean that you can basically be in the room with someone who is in Seattle, you know, relative time. Which is why we are like already very good at it. You know, we exactly. have worked as a global PR agency representing our clients in English speaking territories, you know, across the globe. But yeah, you're right. And and you've moved quite nicely on to clients because clients as well, you know, we we have clients we've never met. I mean, I hadn't met Tom Piggott from Ludo.ai until last April, May, when I went to Seattle for a conference. Crazy. But I've been working with him for two years. And it's felt him. like you've known him personally and having met him in physical form. It's felt Boy, like he was we've tall. had that relationship. <laughs> he, you know what? He's super tall. When I've sat on meetings with Tom, there was always a small inclination that he might be a little bit tall. But he and I, Tom, if you're listening, it would be a pleasure to meet you again in a meeting very, very soon. That's a really, really excellent point, isn't it? Is the fact that, you know, we were able to sort of engage with people like Tom who worked abroad and you manage the time differences. And then your clients, because we've discussed in the past how a great client is one that works collaboratively with you and it's a very organic process. Tom was very, very good, wasn't he, from what I've been told at saying, this is when our meeting is so that it's kind of 11 o'clock for me, but it's four o'clock for you. And just make sure you get something to me by this point so that I can. But what's mm. great is we're then able to sort of get something to him at, say, eight in the morning, which to him is in the evening, the day before his time. Yeah. And so he can then absorb it before we have the meeting morning his time. And I think, yeah, that's something you really can't beat when it comes to, to sort of the remote working setup and environment. A question I was going to ask you, though, is. Obviously, we've been remote working to its fullest extent for what's Mm. essentially seemed like well over two years now because of the goings Mm. on in the world. Has your approach to employing people at the agency changed a little bit based on how proficient they might be over a digital medium as opposed to in person? I need to say that because I was just thinking, I really do find that Zoom, Teams, Skype, whatever system you're using is unforgiving when it comes to everybody being in the zoom room do you know what i mean absolutely because you cannot hide you can't hide behind the loudest chatter or everything else when you're working as a team you're there as a group and you can see everybody's faces whether they're wearing their trousers or their underpants doesn't really matter (laughs) but you know you can you know it is actually a great leveler and and in fact there was one person who didn't who came on you know we have our great intern program we bring on interns from all over the world and some interns stay and some and and go on to getting full-time jobs and some interns don't stay and I really found that with the intern program it really stood out much more when people could present themselves could have a view could have questions questions is the biggest thing really um, but have a certain amount of confidence and presence and teamwork about them. It was a strange one with particularly with the interns. I could see, oh yes, you know, you you're definitely coming across and you can, you know, move forward, or you're not quite there yet, you mm. know. And that's a you're right in saying it. Leveler is a fantastic phrase. I mean, my own experience as an intern at Demozo before, um, and this is this was for you, Liz. This is a story. My own experience as an intern at Demozo was absolutely fantastic. But you're so right in saying that it's a leveler because quite a lot of my work as an intern 
it was very it was beautifully varied by the way I'm not just saying that because you're here I was able to <laughs> sort of do so many different things and it's taught me so so much about certain soft skills and other sort of core PR skills that I'll use hopefully the most well, we had to adapt mm. our intern program because of the ro- remote working because mm. it's very difficult coming in as an intern normally if you're there physically shadowing somebody is much easier mm. if you're an intern sitting there sort of twiddling your thumbs at home going oh what am I supposed to do now? It, it was quite, it was quite a, a difficult thing to adapt our interning program. Absolutely. Um, but I really the- enjoyed it. I really, really loved it. And, but what I was going to say is when it came to the zoom meetings is when I was on a meeting with a client, a lot of my sort of work, particularly with Tom, for example, at Ludo is Demozo. And I'm sure a lot of other agencies work in a similar fashion, work on sort of work in progress documents and documents to sort of update clients. And so I was there making notes, just making sure that anything he would sort of say, we would make sure we were then going to action for the following week's meeting. And we knew what our sort of agenda was for the next few yeah. days. In a physical meeting, if you're at the back of the desk and you're there with Tom, the client one to one, and I'm behind you, I can kind of just sort of, <laughs> you know what I mean? do a you know scare not that i do this because i've got a great work ethic hopefully and i'm covering my tracks here but i could like do a sketch i could check my phone on a zoom meeting if my head's not down here writing away at the corner of my eye you're going lars not yeah you're always in focus that's it (laughs) this was an interesting thing as well that happened to us we did actually have to put because we've got a big employee handbook as you know you've probably waded your way through it and we're adding to it and changing it all the time but we did have to put in you must dress for client meetings on zoom just as you would dress for client meetings if you're going to meet them in person because we did have a few of those sort of situations where somebody would be in a scruffy old t-shirt straight out of the shower kind of you know hair everywhere and it's kind of like okay you're not looking professional and there are other interestingly even though we're all we're all getting used to seeing our own faces like talking to a mirror kind of thing mm. there have been people going like i'm oh, sorry i'm I'm on a podcast so i can't i was just visually kind of showing somebody leaning on their hand with their <laughs> head on their hand listening and writing and listening and writing you can't do that no. you always have to be engaged you have to show that you're engaged that and turning off your screen, there are sort of all these really weird kind of like etiquette, zoom On occasions, screens and... would just sort of turn off and it'd be like, mm, okay. Yeah, I mean, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I would say is, is that you hear horror stories. You mentioned about people sort of dressing appropriately and, and then you hear really brilliantly funny stories of people dressing sort of, you know, shirt, possibly a tie, suit. And then they just sort of get out to make themselves a cup of tea yeah. and it's shirt, suit and tie. And then underwear yeah and they just accidentally not forgot to turn off their screen what i would say is i mean it's becoming a weekly thing now we should sort of have a jingle for this moment parallels between the performance industry and the uh, and the the pr Mm -hmm. industry you you might not think there are many when it comes to remote working because ultimately actors do require on being sort of physically in the space be it sort of tv film stage and thankfully you know things seem to be back on their feet again and moving in the right direction still very very hard and opportunities are as limited as they ever were but thankfully we're now able to sort of safely be back in the space with each other again but i was very fortunate right at the beginning of the pandemic to be offered the opportunity to lead workshops online teaching children in schools about shakespeare and they had the uh, technology required to have me in the room if they were in the room if they were children of key workers but quite a few of them dialed in in inverted commas from their homes on their laptops with their parents kind of administering it and what i would say is 
when it comes to the sort of the slumping and I'm doing the same thing now, <laughs> um, listeners slumping on your hands in a physical space when I'm teaching these children, because I did it before quite often in schools and on stage. Yes, it's still incredibly hard work, but you kind of feed off the energy they give you in the space because you're there physically and you can kind yeah. of adapt and improvise. When I was leading these workshops online, quite often their responses would be digital as well. Whereas again, in the space, they're vocal. At times, I'm not even getting any spoken word back at me. And I would yeah. leave these hour and 15 minute long workshops online. Without all those non-verbal responses that you're used to feeling. And exhausted being. as well, just exhausted. And yes. I think a lot of that, it's a misnomer that remote working in some way makes it easier and less fatiguing to no, be on I mean, meetings and work if anything it's as I know exactly what tough. you mean it's it, it can be even more exhausting I certainly um because I do a lot of conference speaking I was doing a lot of remote conference speaking as well and that's weird yeah because you're used to sort of being able to interact with your conference attendees you're used to be able to sort of cast out questions feel the room to see who's nodding who's not nodding who's got a question you're literally talking into the ether mm. when you're delivering a keynote address to a conference and not being able to feel you know whether you're saying anything that's resonating with them absolutely right and it's, it's all about energy as well isn't it sort of bouncing off ultimately the industry you work in is pr public relations it falls within the communication sphere and it used to be that it was very, very difficult to communicate. Yeah. Like this, you'd have to dial up. I mean, I wasn't around when this was a thing, but you used to have to dial up internet and you used to have phones that were the size of your forearm. And it was very, very difficult to get hold of someone remotely full stop, whether you yeah. wanted to just sort of have a chat and say hello or check in and make sure you're safe. Now we're fully hosting conferences and events online with hundreds of thousands of people turning up to watch various things. It must be very difficult to be at the center of that i mean what was your experience of doing that for the very first time how did you kind of adapt oh to my that? god the first one was awful because i was actually um looking after a panel i was moderating a panel so i'd done my usual prep i'd spoken to them all individually and as groups so we all knew what we were going to talk about as a panel and so i set myself up got the room all prepared made sure i had no interruptions turned off all my phones and whatsapps and slack alerts and all that stuff I was thinking okay I have not got anything else I haven't thought of we start the, the conference and then all of a sudden my computer starts powering down no and I'm plugged in and I'm thinking what's going wrong and you you couldn't have written it Lyle the computer was just literally going and it was down sort of 10 percent nine percent seven percent it's like oh my god oh my like god what am I gonna do now, the great thing was, this is the great thing about preparation. When you do your preparation very well, the panel knew what questions I was going to come up with next. They'd already met. They already had had a vibe. They had a thing going on. So I literally WhatsApped, quickly turned on my phone, WhatsApped another panel member, WhatsApped the conference organizer and said, I'm going to have to go and swap out my computer. I'm going to go offline, dial back into the entire conference. And there are thousands of people watching this conference. My literally dying and so i'm gonna have to go offline find another computer get back online one of my wonderful panelists knew exactly where the where the question document was what to carry on with i said could you please just take my mantle while i keep this conversation going and i literally closed the computer ran off tried to find my son's computer 
dug it out from under his hole, his pit that's in his bed, <laughs> and you know, grabbed, opened it up, praying that it was it had some battery. It did. It was fine. And I got back in, and they said you couldn't notice. Do you know what? To this day, I haven't gone and looked at that. I know it's online. I know that particular panel is online, and Pocket Gamers kind of panel vault, but I'm not gonna. I'm not going to look at it because it was just too sick making. If it's anything like sort of drying on stage <laughs> or like things yes. happening that are bad on stage, you think it lasts like days and actually no one ever really notices because they're so busy. It's misdirections. They're so busy sort of watching other things going on on stage. But that sounds horrific. I mean, well it done was. for showing the sort of presence of mind to go, I've got to go offline quickly. I've got to find some other tech. <laughs> I promise I'll be back. Much, much choice. But the interesting thing was this one, you can never be prepared. I know I've banged on about this in previous podcasts, but it really does illustrate the most important thing is preparedness and whatever you do and objective setting. And when I do stuff like that, I'm, I over prepare, you know, when I, when I do panels at conferences, I'm sure I really annoy some of my panelists who are often the same people and I'll say right you know we're all getting together and Jackie you know what we're going to talk about and I do but I want it all to be just so it's really important to be prepared and thank god I was prepared then because I really wouldn't if I'd just gone into it free flow and I was just like oh just cast out a few questions that would have sunk I mean I could not agree do you know what I mean I could not agree more with the preparation point when it comes to this sort of thing but also preparation not just in the subject matter which we have spoken about in previous podcasts but also preparation in terms of the tech and the equipment you're using your physical environment exactly because <laughs> now i couldn't prepare my physical environment today no. for this rain <laughs> um <laughs> but what you've done is you have beautifully put a skylight up which means the rain is at least not coming into the room it's not coming in <laughs> and it probably looks rather beautiful as it's coming it's down from the sky it's, it's really nice and atmospheric very relaxing but again when it comes to sort of doing a play i, I did an open air season this summer in oh St. my Albans, days and we had sort of a mixture of sort of drive rain and seven degrees outside did you still have to continue the performances in the driving rain absolutely absolutely wow and then so i mean and it's kind of it's strange how ironic life can become particularly in the performance world and i'm sure if any of those sort of performance professionals are out there listening to this they'll know exactly what i mean midsummer night's dream summer play (laughs) you know you're in the forest Fair enough, the story goes that the conflict between Oberon, King of the Fairies, and Titania, Queen of the Fairies, has made the weather somewhat grey in Athens, even though it's supposed to be sort of, you know, bright sunshine. But it's not supposed to be tropical thunderstorms (laughs) in the middle of summer in Athens. But we did that wearing, you know, sort of our summer garb as our costumes, and the rain came down. And then importance of being earnest, fair enough, you still want it to be lovely and summery, you know, when they go off to the various houses and locations they go to. 38 degrees three-piece suits three-piece suits 38 degrees and you have to mitigate both those situations you have to kind of go right am I going to wear a vest under my very thin linen shirt when I'm playing Lysander in Midsummer Night's Dream probably because otherwise I'm going to get you know (laughs) hypothermia am I going to have to wear a very broken down version of my very very thick three-piece suit probably did it mean people still complained in the audience it's a bit of a shame that Old Jack Worthing there, old Lyle's not wearing his uh, big three-piece suit and tails. It's 38 degrees. Do you want to come and wear the three-piece suit? I don't think so. But you're right. I mean, I think just going back to it, it comes down to in a remote working environment, and the same as a physical working environment, but almost more so when it comes to the technical aspects of a remote working environment. How do you not know I can turn my phone on? I can WhatsApp another member of the panel. 
the panel has access to a document we've collaborated on when it comes to the questions. I know I've got another piece of equipment in the house. I know how to log into the conference nice and quickly when I do have the thing that's charged. Had you not just instinctively known that, and that's based on your preparedness, it's based on having done it lots of times before, you might have been 10, well, 15, 20 in, minutes later. In that later. instance, I hadn't done it lots of times before. Remember, that was oh, my right. first panel. But I think over the years, I've sort of honed myself into this thinking about what could go wrong. What are any of the things that can go wrong around me? And I do think about that just generally when I'm doing anything. So Tilly, who works for us, she'll remember this very well. She was organising her first client press meeting where the press, um, the member of the press was coming to meet the client actually at an external venue. And Tilly, she won't mind me saying this, had sort of said, okay, fine. So the client's staying in this lovely hotel. So we could meet the journalist in the lobby area of this lovely hotel and that'll be fine. That'll be good. Now, luckily my rosy brain was just like, okay, what can go wrong? Where <laughs> senses are out. Where can I, you know, what, what could possibly happen? And because I'm sort of, I go overboard with people when I'm training them at the moment. That's another thing. When you're working remotely, you have to kind of like almost talk to people in granular detail because you can't assume that they know what you know. So I was like, okay, so have you been to the venue, Tilly? No, but I phoned them. Well, that's great. You phoned them, you've asked them and you've done all your research, but nothing quite replaces going into a place and scouting it out and seeing it. So go and see it. So she went to see it and she came back and she went, mm, it's not going to be good. There's <laughs> too many people. There's too much noise, blah, blah, blah. So that's a great example of not just being remote working, but also just being physically organizing things. So I think, you know, particularly in PR, you have to think about, and in the, on the stage, actually, Lyle, mm. you have to think about all the things that go wrong, because I don't know if I, people who might have listened to the podcast know that I was um, a failed actor. Or I've got a lot of admiration and jealousy combined with, for Lyle with his uh, <laughs> with his profession. But when you're doing stage management, you have to think about all the things that can go wrong during mm. a performance. And it's very much the same thing when you're putting on a, a, a press meeting or putting on an event or even doing something remotely online when you're, you know, do, doing a conference like I was talking about. So it is with anything, and particularly when you're working remotely, is to be thinking outside factors and thinking of what other people don't know that you know. Absolutely. And just ultimately sort of, you know, there's the phrase my dad used to say, best laid plans by some men and all this sort of stuff. You know I mean? You have, you have your best case scenario. <laughs> And then as ever, he often says, life intervenes. Uh, you, know what I mean? you know, as ever, things just sort of crop up that you just wouldn't necessarily expect or predict will happen. But it's important to know that they could be there. And at some point, these sort of situations could at some point arise. The final question I was going to ask you is before we finish up, I really love this one actually on Teams. I've really enjoyed it. And I've, it's still in Marvel. <laughs> oh my goodness, actually. I've just looked at the time. We've I know. been wittering on. And we We've been wittering away. We haven't even touched half of this subject. We always, we go for 40 minutes. We don't touch a subject. We dip in and out. Yeah. The final question I was going to ask you is, do you think it's here to stay, mm. both with Demozo and NPR and in business in general? And can you see that being a huge benefit what are the benefits of that or do you think there will slowly but surely be a return to relying less on it I mean what is your forecast if you like for how remote working is going to be a part of PR and business in general 
I think everything goes in circles mm. and history, history proves that everything is very circular. And I think the need for human companionship will never go away. You know, it's a bit like um, Kelly, for example, has rabbits as pets. Amazing. And she rescued them um, from a research facility. And do you know in Switzerland, you're not allowed to own a single rabbit. You have to have a license for owning a rabbit and you have to own multiple rabbits because rabbits die of loneliness. And I do think that human beings would die of loneliness. Mm. So I do think that there is no big replacement for that sort of physical intimacy of of and and the collaboration that you get just working off everyone's non-verbals and stuff like that however i think technology has moved on such a pace that we now have ability to be sort of multi-location so we can now adapt ourselves to working from home very well and then bringing that back into the workplace and taking advantage of what we have in the workplace and maybe managing those situations maybe appreciating those situations a lot more and saying listen when we come together in the workplace let's collaborate let's brainstorm let's be creative let's let's work together with the the added advantage of being together or when we're working from home collaborating on more written tasks or quieter tasks and that kind of thing so i think we will work smarter and more efficiently my worry is that because you're working from home or working remotely, that that can consume you and take over your life. And certainly, you know, as a business owner, my work consumes my life anyway. I'm 24 seven and I take that and that's part and parcel of the deal. But I do think very seriously about my people's mental health. I don't want them working 24 seven. I want them being able to take a break. So with each individual, when I see, for example, one of the team works in their kitchen quite a lot. And I just said to that person, listen, are you really finding it more stressful to be in a thoroughfare where people are coming in, making cups of tea, that kind of thing? Do you need a hot desk environment? So, you know, there are certain things that you need to think about that are beyond just the let's get the job done. It's the mental health. It's your environment. It's how you feel about your home, your rest which is so important. So yeah, so big answer to a, a question, but there is so, I, I do think that we will have the best of both worlds ultimately if people are proper guardians of the workspace. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, a brilliant answer as well. And it's really, I think, very illuminating and totally appropriate that you brought up mental health as well, because I think, yeah, it can sometimes become a bit all consuming. And with the flexibility that working from home, remote working, comes with also comes the potential and the opportunity to work into the wee small hours because there's nothing to kind of organically break it up you're not you yeah know, it sounds very mundane and boring but you know say you live in the outskirts of London and you're traveling into the center of London to an office environment or even from out of London to an office environment the commute however depressing that commute may be sometimes with delays and all sorts of other things when it comes to our infrastructure and travel breaks up your Working it can day. itself be a great I mean. time to reflect, yeah, to exactly. read. I don't think we read enough nowadays. No. We talked about writing a lot in our previous podcasts, but being able to write is actually a product of being able to read and reading other people's stuff as well. So that's, you know, that is the advantage. There are pros and cons to everything, whether you're traveling into your workspace or not. I mean, the other thing with PR particularly, 
and remote working, which I really did think we need to make a point of, is that we're in a 24-7 news environment. So that means we have journalists around the globe working around the clock. Times of deadlines and that kind of thing, they're literally so rapid. You know, when it used to be we'd have a couple of weeks to work on a press release, we have a couple of days, sometimes even just a couple of hours. So we are in this very fast working rapid environment and so being at home and being able to have the ability to literally just roll out of bed and just answer your emails is an advantage but it is so important to be disciplined and for employers to be disciplined and helping their employees be disciplined in the quality of their output because somebody who's shattered who's working 18 hours you know just literally monitoring the news and reacting to the news and everything else is not going to be on their a game and we've talked about preparedness we've talked about consideration and empathy and all those things that doesn't come from a tired mind no. and many journalists i know are working really long hours working you know 18 hour days so we're all in the same boat but we all have to take care of each other as take well. care of ourselves yeah so absolutely important. look out for your mental health look out for your physical health and yeah. um and i'll bear that very strongly in mind when it's 1 a.m and i'm still <laughs> editing this podcast <laughs> i do, Before I I do feel flight. really guilty because i literally texted you last night about i think it was about six minutes past 12 and then i thought oh god i hope he doesn't yeah, i hope his phone <laughs> notifications are turned off not at all i, I woke up and i was like oh great yeah because it was a nice thing you know it was a nice text it was a nice text brilliant we've covered so much there as well and there's still so much to cover i mean we haven't even talked about the sort of day-to-day running of a pr agency at large which i'm sure we'll cover in, in another episode of the podcast but listeners this is my final episode that i will be recording and editing before i'm off to the sun oh yes your late honeymoon um, but you'll still be getting an episode every week because of the way we've been able to sort of structure and uh, and stack these recordings so fear not this one will be uh, an episode coming to you very very soon jackie in sort of the sort of podcast sphere that we're in should we do it all again next week what do you reckon yes let's do it all again next week lyle Absolutely when you're on honeymoon yeah let's suspend <laughs> some disbelief here but thank you as ever listeners for being a part of this latest episode of the rest is pr as ever you can get in touch with us if you want to suggest a topic for us to discuss or if you want to appear on the podcast you're from an industry that we haven't yet reached out to you yet and you'd like to be a guest on the rest is pr you can get in touch with me lyle at demozo.com you can get in touch with demozo info at demozo.com or you can get in touch with the podcast directly info at the rest is pr.com so three different avenues you can get in touch with us on and if you're interested in hearing a bit more about what demozo gets up to on the day-to-day it's www.demozo.com and if you're interested in hearing more about the podcast and seeing a long list of all the episodes we've put together so far it's www.therestispr.com and wow breathe. that was you know good I mean? you just you did that like, without breathing i feel like i should do the terms and conditions at the end of adverts <laughs> on the radio do you know what i mean just rattle through that copy thank you so much listeners i've been lyle she has been the absolutely amazing jackie as always and we'll see you next week for another episode of the rest is pr bye for now <laughs>